Hey, it's Pastor Jeffrey Graff with Faith Family Church, Next Gen. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this message brings truth, clarity, and hope to your situation. God loves you very much, and I hope you feel that today. Enjoy the podcast. Yo, yo, yo! What is up, SM? Man, it's so it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird seeing you on the floor. Can I give you a, can I give you a high five? Wow. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Dude, yeah, hi. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go forever. Hey, how's all summer been? So good? Thumbs up? Thumbs, okay. Thumbs middle if it's been like, it's all right. Thumbs down if you think, bro, it's way too hot to do anything outside. Yeah. Have y'all been like going to the pools? Y'all been going and hanging out, doing all kinds of stuff? Y'all better not be doing hood rat stuff, okay, with your friends. Don't be doing that, okay? It's funny. It's funny to you, right? But it's true, okay? Listen. Man, it is so good to see you. I hope all your summers are treating you well. I hope your days are going by super slow and not going by fast because school year can wait. Amen? Amen. It can wait. But, man, before I get into my sermon today, I'm actually, before I even get into, oh, it's not on there. Cool. I was about to say, you can tell by the title what I'm talking about, but you can't right now. Listen, I'm going to tell you a little confession about myself, okay? It's on there? Okay. I'm talking about faith over fear. Everybody say faith. Over fear. Listen, guys, whenever I was your age, even a little bit smaller, it started when I was a baby, okay? I have something I am very fearful of till this day since I was a baby boy, and it is the darkness. Everybody say dark. I'm scared of the dark. Listen, it all started whenever I was about three or four years old. I was a giant kid, right? And uh, my parents took me out to see a movie. And, uh, you know, when you go to the movie with your parents, it's late, you get real tired, and you end up crashing on the way home, right? I did, okay? And so my, I, go, I go to sleep, and then I wake up, and I'm in my crib. I'm in my bed, right? In my bed. And I've never slept in my own room before. And I was terrified. So I open my eyes, you know, I wipe the crust off, and I'm like, and I realize I'm not in my parents' room. I don't feel my dad's, you know, like heat coming from his back. My feet used to be cold, so I used to stick him in there. And, <laughs> and then I didn't feel my, you know, my mom like petting my head or anything. So I'm like, where am I? And I look to my right and I see a little baseball sheets. And I'm like, this is my room. This is jacked up. Okay. So anxiety through the roof. And then what does every kid do whenever you're in the darkness? Scream? You don't scream yet. You look at, you look at your room, you look at your surrounding, and there's just this little hat and there's this little pole. And there's this coat, and there's an Xbox sitting there with this little green eye staring at me. And I thought it was someone staring at me. Are y'all not, y'all don't, y'all don't do that? I did. You see things. I, I was making out the biggest shape of like the biggest dude, the baddest dude, and I thought he was going to kill me. So I see somebody in my room, and I just start freaking out. I start screaming, ah! You know, I'm like screaming my head off because I think there's a guy in my room. In reality, it's just a hat and a, and a, and a coat, right? My parents come flying through the room because I think I'm getting murdered. And they come in, kick the door open, and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, as soon as my dad gets there, I'm like, peace, dog, I'm out. So I hop off the crib, and I take off to my parents' room because that's where I felt safe, right? And my parents look around, and they're like, there's nothing in here, Corey. Why are you tripping? And so I go and hide under their sheets because I'm terrified of whatever that was. And I'm like, man, the devil is just trying to tempt me. He's like, you won't peek over the sheets. And I was like, bet, bet I will. And so I peeked over to see in my mom's room, and I saw even a bigger man in the corner, and I was freaking out. And so I start screaming. I'm like, oh, my, they're everywhere. The house is surrounded. I'm going to die. This is bad. And I was running. And you know when you're running in the dark, there's always something like on four legs running behind you. It's crazy. So I'm running. I'm freaking out. And it's not a good scenario. 
And then my dad just grabs me and he sits me down. He turns on the lights. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, what's wrong with you? You don't see the man that's hiding in his house? And it was pretty, pretty bad. And they ended up uh, thinking I was a little cuckoo up there. But they're not. They, they weren't. They realized I was just a big baby and I'm scared. But even now till this day, till this day, I'm a duck hunter, right? And I hunt ducks. In the morning, they fly early in the morning, so you got to get there a little dark, like at 4, 5, and you got to set up your decoys. But a part of hunting is you got to walk through the woods at dark. I know, I know. So whenever I'm by myself or I'm not with friends, literally all I do is I put on everything out of my truck, and I get ready, turn on the headlamp, and I look at where I'm supposed to run, this way. And all of a sudden, I just take off. I run super fast because I'm so scared of what's falling behind me. And you know, like I said, when you're running through the woods, there's like five things on four legs running after you. You're like turning around every five seconds. You're just taking off because it's a scary thing for me. So listen, I'm still scared to this day, but it's okay. Is anybody else scared of the dark? Yeah, some of you guys? Cool. You're scared of, yeah, me too. I thought there was a guy hiding in my room. Listen, listen, listen. I hope there's no one in your closet, though. That's, there was no one in mine. Listen, the reason why I tell that story is because I'm talking about a story in the Bible. Shh, 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 focus up, focus up. I'm talking about a story in the Bible. It's in Daniel chapter 3. And there is these three guys about to be thrown into a fire. Everybody say fire. Listen, I don't know about you, but if I was about to be thrown in the fire with my homies, I'd be freaking out. I'd be fearful. I'd be so scared. I'd be like, oh, I'd start crying for my mom and dad. It, it wouldn't have been pretty, right? But listen, these guys are about to get thrown in the fire, and they don't even flinch. They don't even do anything. And we're going to read about how faithful they were through this, this whole fire thing. And uh, we're going to start in chapter 3. But before we start, I'm going to give you a little heads up of what's going on, okay? There is this king, and his name is Nebuchadnezzar, right? Nebuchadnezzar. It's a weird name. I call him King Nubhead. It's just going to how it's rolled. It's, we're going to roll like that, right? But King Nebuchadnezzar has this golden statue. Everybody say gold. It is giant. It's this giant statue, and he wills it in. And just for the heck of the story, to make y'all proud, it had Louis Vuitton on it, okay? And it was giant. So picture this, the statue. You're walking in. These guys, all these slaves are bringing it in. And these guys come, and the, and the, the king's like, listen, this is what's going to happen. When people start blowing their flute and horn and playing the drums, everybody's going to bow down and worship the statue because it's a god, right? So everybody, and, and if they didn't, get, they didn't bow down and worship, they were going to be thrown into a furnace of fire, and they're going to be killed, right? So, you know, everybody, everybody's so terrified. They're like, all right, what's going on? We're going to, you know, probably not, we're not going to not worship the statue. So guess what? The whole town, the flute goes, the trumpets go, and they start worshiping the statue. But there are these three guys that are just the most gangster of gangster. They don't worship the statue. We'll pick up in verse 12. You've got the online parts. It says, but there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. So the king hears this, and he gets really, really upset. And basically, he goes to him and asks him again, do you want to get thrown in this fire? And they're like, what up? Let's do it. And so we're picking up on verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown in this blazing fire, the God whom we serve, okay, we try again. The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Every time I say your majesty, I just want to like bow. That's weird. Sorry. Red flag. Anyways, 
Listen, do you see the faith that they have here? They straight up told this King Nubhead that they were like, man, you're going to throw me in this fire? No worries. The God who we serve, the real God, is going to save us from this fire. The faith that they have in that moment is something that we should really look at because it's true faith. See, I don't know about you, but they're about to get thrown in this fire, and I would be freaking out. I'd be scared. I'd be, I'd be like trying to run away from this thing. And often in our life, we're not actually facing a physical fire, but we can often run away from the problems in our life too. When these guys just straight up looked at the problem and realized, hey, I have a big God, and guess what? This fire is nothing. And so guess what? They confronted the fire. So the first point of my message is true faith confronts the fire. Everybody say confronts. Now, the fire in your life might not actually be a physical fire like these guys. They were looking at a, a Minecraft furnace about to get thrown into. And the fire might not be actually physical. But it's something the devil puts in your life that can cause the same destruction as a real fire would to whatever it exposes itself to. Right? But a fire in your life might be depression, it might be anxiety, it might be loneliness, it might be a situation at home that you're struggling to figure out and to cope with. Listen, I just named some stuff that we often all run from at this age in our life. Because what happens? You go and hang out with your friends, you go and dabble in a little sin, and you, you know, you gossip, you talk bad about your parents, you talk bad about your boyfriend, girlfriend, you, you go on and you're like, man, I, I struggle with depression, I'm going to hang out with these people that don't make me feel depressed. But guess what happens at the end of the day when you go home? The feeling starts to come back, the depression, the anxiety, the loneliness, and you just run from your fire. When in reality, if we don't confront the fire, how do we expect God to even heal the fire in the first place? If we don't even run to the fire in the first place, how do you expect God to heal the fire? Listen, God can't hide the things that we are, or God can't heal the things that we are hiding from him. And I promise you, if you would just go up and say, Jesus, I want you to take this fire, he would tell you, first you have to run towards it and you have to show me what the fire is. Because guess what? Jesus wants to deliver you from your fire. He wants to deliver you from your anxiety. He wants to deliver you from your depression. He wants to help you, your fire, calm down at, at the house that you're struggling with. But guess what? Until you run towards the fire and confront it and say, hey, it's not tomorrow I'm going to deal with this. It's now I'm going to deal with this because I have a big enough God who can handle this fire. Then that's when you'll start seeing the fire change in your life. Amen? It's kind of like this, in a, in a literal standpoint in our life, right? Imagine firefighters. You go in, your house is just burning up. It's blazing. It's on fire. Hope nothing this ever happens to you. But let's just say your house is on fire, and you call 911. Beep, 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 beep. You know, you're like, hey, bro, we need a fire truck. House is burning down. We need you to come here now. So the firefighters show up, like, what, five minutes later, they run in, and they got this big hose, and they're, they're like, all right, getting ready. And they're like, hey, man, you got to come out. We're about to go face that fire. And you're like, no problem. Go do your thing, firefighters. And you get out. And guess what? What if the firefighters just start running towards the fire? And they do this. Eurostep. That's not a Eurostep. That's like a cross. I don't know. Listen, imagine they run the complete other way down the street to your neighbor, Pastor G's house. You'd be like, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like, what the, are, they're supposed to go towards my fire, right? You'd be like, what the heck? Listen, are they supposed to run to the fire to put it out? Yes. See, in our life, I feel like God is saying the same thing. The first way you even put out a fire in the beginning is to run towards your fire, is to confront the fire. Listen, boys and girls, take it from me. I promise you, I was running from a lot of pain, depression, anxiety, addiction. I was facing a lot of fires in my life, and guess what? I just turned away from it. But until I met a man named Jesus and I brought him with me to my fire and said, Jesus, this is what I want you to take, something changed. Something happened. I feel like God is saying run towards your fire with him and see what he does. 
See what he does. He'll do something, I promise you, because he's faithful. Amen? Listen, so the next verse we're going to read on, and, and, and King Nubhead gets really mad about <laughs> the Nebuchadnezzar guy. He gets mad, and he gets upset, and he's like, y'all guys messed up, man. We're about, to, we're about to throw you in the fire. And he's like, all right, do it. So the king gets super mad, and he ends up turning this fire seven times hotter than it actually was. Crazy guy. I know. I don't know what's wrong with him. And he turns it up, and he gets his strongest men to, to tie Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up, and he's about to throw them in this fire. So we'll pick up on verse 21. It says, you got the underlined part. So they tied them up and threw them into a furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. This is my favorite part. Check this out. It says, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Isn't it crazy that, first off, they are about to, they're hog tied up by Big John, where's he at, our biggest security guy. Imagine Big John ties you up really tight with the, yeah, give a hand clap for Big John. Listen, but imagine, imagine Big John ties you up and he's about to toss to you into Little Caesar's fire, whatever they cook the thing in, and he's about to throw you in it. Listen, if I was hog tied about to be thrown into a smoker, a pellet grill, I'd be freaking out. I'd be kicking, I'd be biting, I'd be throwing hands with my tight arms, elbows, and I would be talking like, no, 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 please, like, I don't want to be thrown in, please, I don't want to be cooked like a pizza, I don't want that, right? Listen, what's crazy is these guys weren't in a comfortable situation. They were, they were tied up from their hands and feet, and they were literally tossed into a fire. That is so uncomfortable. But listen, in this uncomfortable situation, it did something more and bigger and better and actually, it bettered their character more than anything. And this is the second point of my message. It says, number two, true faith cares about character more than comfort. Character more than comfort. Didn't you know they were tied up? Look, in, in verse 25, you can, you can put that up there again. It says, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, <laughs> unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. They weren't bound by what was binding them previously in that fire. I'll say that again. The ropes that they had on their feet, the ropes that they had on their hands, they weren't, bind, they weren't bound by that anymore as soon as they came out the fire. Listen, God still uses fires like this in our life. And some people see the fire as something that crumbles their faith, but other believers see the fire as something that helps their faith grow. And what do I mean by this? Imagine a cake in a little box, right? Those little Debbie things. I don't know. It's not Debbie. It's like Mama Jones, right? What is it? Something like that. He had it earlier. He told me, but I don't know. The little lady on the cake that they just smack. They're so good. Listen, I don't know what you said. Something like that. Ashton's cake. Jamama. I don't know. Listen, here's the point, okay? Regardless of what brand you get, off-brand or not, you open the, bat, you open the box, you grab the powder, you cut it open, do you eat the cake straight out of the powder? I promise you, if you took a mouthful of powder, you'd be trying to go to the ER because you probably couldn't breathe, okay? And it wouldn't taste that good. But listen, you get the eggs, you get the butter, you get the whisk, you get the milk, a little vanilla extract, 
and you whisk it up, right? And you just get it all going, and it becomes this batter. And you eat that. You're like, oh, this is, this is great. It's really good. Let me try to serve it to my other friends. So you put it on a plate. And it's just runny. looks like putty. And they're like, what do I do, just lick it off? I mean, you can't use a spoon or a fork. It's not going to go anywhere. So you give them this, this batter, and you're like, huh, that didn't really, that's not what it really was. But what happens? How do you get its cake to its fullest potential? You put it in, a, you put it in an oven. You burn it. You, you turn it up to 450 for 30 minutes, and it gets hard, and it expands, and it, and it grows. Listen, listen, I know it's funny. I know it's an analogy, but hear me out. I'm going to pull you back in. Just like us, just like a cake, God, you throw, it, you throw it in a fire, right, and it heats up and it expands and it fulfills its purpose. God will do the same thing with us. He might throw us in a situation where you're like, oh, God, this is, this is a lot. Well, guess what? God's trying to make you better for a situation that's in your life ahead of you. I promise you, because a good father ultimately cares about your character than more than the comfort. And listen, in my life, in baseball, in, in family, in situations, the coach always chewed me out. I've been pulled out of games. I've been thrown to the bench. I've been yelled at from the thing. And my coach has talked to me one-on-one. But guess what? If the coach stops talking to you, like Jeffrey, like Pastor G always says, if the coach stops talking to you, that's something that you should be considered about. Because a true coach will make you better. He'll discipline you. He cares about your character. And I promise you now, guys, if I didn't get yelled at in T-ball by my own dad, I wouldn't have handled getting yelled at in high school now, right, or before. And so... I promise you, God doesn't just call your fire or call you into a fire for no reason. And listen, at the end of the day, if God can ever test your faith, how do you think he can trust your faith? We are all called to be the hands and feet of Christ. And some of you have some great callings on your life. But what happens when you go to school and you're tempted? Can you be tested over there? What happens if you go to your house and there's a fire? Can you have faith in God still? Listen, th- those things are setting you up for something in your future that God knows that you can walk through if you walked through this before. Amen? Listen, I don't know what you're walking through in life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's at your house, but all I know is Jesus. And I promise you, if you can just meet him, if you can bring him into your fire, if he is with you, because at the end of the day, there was another one in the fire, I promise you, there will be another one in your fire too. I guarantee it. But it's all up to you. Amen? Listen, at the end of the day, these guys called on the Lord. They knew that God was going to come save them. They get thrown in this fire. And next thing you know, they walk around unbound, unbaggaged, unchained, and they were set free. And I promise you, Jesus will do the same thing in your life. But the road to change isn't always the road of comfort. And I promise you, whenever you're uncomfortable, that's when you change the most. Amen? So, after reading this, after seeing this, the story is over. The guys, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three homies, they like end up giving glory to God, and they're like, yeah, I worship my God, and all of them worship their God, and it's just an awesome story. But after reading this, I was praying, and I was thinking, and I was like, God, I, I feel like there's something else you want to tell me, you show me. And in, in that moment, I wasn't hearing anything, I wasn't seeing anything, and then I read the passage again, and I finally saw what God was trying to tell me. And sometimes in our life, we don't often see our fires go away immediately. Sometimes in our life, we pray for people that in our family to stop doing the things they're doing. We pray for a household, and sometimes God just doesn't heal it instantly. Listen, some people don't even get healed instantly. Some people's families don't get reunited. Some people's life doesn't get changed because their fire might not end up healing instantly. But listen, God will put out fires if you have true faith in, in, in God. And if you bring God to your situations, if you care about your character, I promise you God will change fires. But one thing that stuck out to me that, that a lot of people didn't really pick up is in that moment when they were calling on God, they said, even if he doesn't, 
that won't change the God we serve. That doesn't change who, who we worship, who we honor. That doesn't change our God. And the reason why they even said that in the first place is because, point number three, true faith centers on the main thing. True faith centers on the main thing. Look, I've seen so many awesome services where I've seen people get healed, people get delivered, addictions break. But I've also been in services where we pray over addictions, and they don't get healed instantly. I've also been in a situation where we prayed for healing, and they don't get healed instantly. But listen, moments in that like that doesn't crumble my faith or doubt God. But some people's do. And the sad truth is if we aren't God, we aren't, and, the, and the, the true truth is we aren't God. We don't know when he'll heal. We don't know when he'll deliver. We don't know when he'll come through. But all I know is that our God promised something, and it's called eternal life. And guess what? He gave us a Messiah 2,023 years ago to die for your sins and to give us this runway to heaven, eternal life. And it's such a good promise. And, guys, if we don't center our attention on Jesus, we start focusing on what's in front of us. We start focusing on sight, on, on magic tricks, on, you know, all these miracles, and we don't look at God for who he truly is. But listen, if you center the main thing, I promise you, you will see God in all his ways. God promised you so many things. He promised us eternal life. He promised us a new life. He promised us unconditional love. He promised never-ending grace and mercy. And he promised he would never leave us or forsake us because he's a good God. And listen, you might be in here like, Corey, even in my fire, I don't even see God. Listen, God took the ultimate fire on the cross so that he could be in your fire today with you. And it's crazy. These guys are in Old Testament. It, this was before Jesus. The faith they had right then and there is, is so much crazier. But if, if they had this kind of faith before Jesus was born, imagine how much greater our faith should be today, knowing that there was a Messiah that came, fulfilled his promises, fulfilled the prophets. And guess what? He paved us a new life. He took our sins on a cross so many years ago for you and I so that we can experience this crazy life, and it's eternal, and it's in heaven with him, with our Father. Amen? Listen, we have to center the main thing. Now, after I close with this, I'm going to close with this story. There was a time in my life where I centered, or I changed my perspective to center the main thing. Uh, it was a story whenever me and um, my family went to a hospital to pray for my great-grandma, and my whole family is really strong faith. They're believers, and we go and pray for my great-grandma because she's sick. She has dialysis. And she's struggling. And so we go and pray for her. And as we are praying for her, we just feel the faith. You know when, like, you're in that moment and God's just flowing and everything feels good. And you're like, man, this is awesome. So we're praying for my grandma. We're really, really speaking it. And next thing you know, while we're on there praying faithfully, her health just starts declining, like, rapidly. And we're just like, what the heck? Like, we're praying for healing. We're praying for peace. We're praying for faith. Like, what's going on? What, what, God, like, where are you at in this fire? Like, what's going on? Or you're supposed to be healing her? I thought you were. And a lot of us can be like that in our life, right? We can be asking for God, where are you at? But listen, as we were praying, she ended up passing away while we were all there in the room. And everybody was mourning. Everybody was freaking out. Everybody was crying. And it wasn't supposed to be a sad day. It was supposed to be a day of, like, declaring healing over my great-grandma and everything was going to be better. But as she passed away, after all the tears were cried, after all the mourning was happening, all my family just started worshiping God. And me as a little boy, I was just like, what? Why are you worshiping? Like, our grandma just went to be with the Lord. And I was like, so? And my grandma, at the top, my grandma, which is her mom, uh, she was like, our, our grandma just went to go be with the Lord. That's something to praise about. Because guess what? It doesn't matter. The things on this earth doesn't matter compared to what's an eternal life for you. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't match up. And in this moment, I started switching the perspective of, man, 
It's not about God's miracles now, but it's about God's promises that he promised a long time ago. And listen, in this moment, in this moment, my face switched and centered Jesus in the main thing, and we just started praising, worshiping, singing hymns, and praying, and, and being so joyful because we, we get this thing called eternal life, and it's a gift that we don't even deserve at all. But guess what? He gave it to us anyway. Listen, if you, when you live with forever in your mind, it makes today's fires a lot, lot easier. And I promise you, live like that. Live knowing that you already won the battle. Live knowing that Jesus died on the cross for you to get into heaven. And live with true faith because God wants you to live like that right now in this moment. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Victoria area, stop by one of our services. Church is way better with people. So if you're between the ages of 18 to 29, check out our Instagram at ffc.ya. All of our service info is there. And if you're 6th through 12th grade, check out our Instagram at ffc.sm. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And even more, I hope it brought you closer to God. Have a great day.